Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Talking Locks podcast with Lockitude. This is the Everyday People with Locks series and I'm your host, Adi Balogun. This episode is produced by Savage Media. Today, we'll be discussing locks in relation to Islam. Our guest, Shola Bello, is literally a sister. We've been friends for almost 20 years. She is the lead designer at Space Myers. She's an extraordinary furniture maker. She likes to be addressed as a carpenter. She's an amazing woman who I love deeply, a devout Muslim, and of course, a lockhead. And without further ado, let's get right into it. Hi, Shola. Howdy. Hi, welcome to the Talking Locks podcast. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I never expect it, as we say. I never expected that you will, um, because you are rather quiet. And um, but I'm happy that you have a lot of things to say on this episode, which would be focusing on locks and Islam. Um, so before I t- start talking too much, can you please tell us your full name and a little bit about yourself? Okay. My name is Olushola Belu. Um, I studied architecture at University of Lagos. Um, Adi's very good friend. <laughs> and <laughs> anyway, okay, I think so. That's all. I make furniture right now, so okay. and I have locks. All right. And I've had it for three years now. Yeah. Awesome. That's going to be my next question. So three years of having okay. locks. I think yes. the best place to start is. Why did you even choose to get locks in the first place? Um, I think I got bored of my hair. That was first. And then I think secondly, you sort of like sold it to me. <laughs> so <laughs> Okay, I didn't I didn't I, I to for full disclosure, I never realized I was selling it because I was just living my own life because the first time you walked into Lockheed and told me you wanted to lock your hair I was like are you serious like something wrong yeah with you? yeah that was the first time you had to, yeah you're right yeah so um let's talk about Islam for a second um for me I as a typical Lagosian most of us have Islamic heritage before you know, deciding to become whatever else in the future. But um, for you, what does Islam mean to you? Islam is a way of life. It's my religion. Um, I'm passionate about it. I I grew up being a Muslim, so a lot of people feel Islam is difficult, but if you grown over the years practicing Islam, I think it's one of the easiest religion you can ever think of. It's not what people think it is. So, okay, um, I'm going to try and stay on topic because your answer is going to lead me to t- to ask more questions on Islam. Okay. But um, since we're talking about locks in relation to Islam, I would first okay. start by saying that we do all know that um, women who practice Islam are required by the religion to cover their hair i don't know if the way i've said that statement is accurate yes yes yeah so um can we speak a little bit about can you give us some insight for those who may not know why that is a requirement and what that requirement entails really about covering your hair as a as a as an islamic woman 
Okay. Um, basically, why Islam says cover your eyes? They would. Um, Islam wants you to be less attractive to the opposite sex, and your hair, your nails, your fingers, um, parts of your body, kind of are the things that a normal guy would see, and they will have interest in you. So Islam, like trying to curb um, fornication. Um, adultery, you know, if you don't see what's on that, you're not interested, kind of. So, mm. Mm. Okay. you get what I mean? So, yeah, I do get that. So, at this point, who gets to see your hair? Your close family members and your husband, your children, your uncles are not even meant to see mm. your brothers, your sisters, your husband, your children. Those are the only people who people get that, to see Yeah, life. people that basically will not be sexually attracted to you, sort of. It no, normally, they shouldn't be. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Because nowadays, you get to find that um, a baby is looking attractive to the uncle and, you know. But normally, people that should not feel attracted to you. Mm. So, um, now my inkling is because sometimes when a Muslim woman comes to the salon, gets their hair beautifully done and they cover it, it's almost like what a waste. Why why have you just done your hair so beautifully and just gone ahead and covered it and nobody can see it? So do you feel like even making your hair is almost a waste of time? No, it's not a waste of time. I look pretty to myself, I look pretty to my husband, who is the most important person. If I don't look pretty to Mr. Savage, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right that's an inside joke right there um I did, I, okay um shala we have to be serious it's not just us listening to this podcast <laughs> it's potentially the whole world <laughs> no more inside jokes okay right so okay. um okay so i think you've kind of defined that told us why you would still spend money to get your hair done regardless of the fact that they are only very limited people in your life who get to do to see your hair but um i want to speak a little bit to the maintenance of your hair so you get to cover your hair for what in 24 hours at least what 8 to 12 hours a day when i'm out of the house okay so let's say like 8 a.m to about maybe 6 p.m okay your hair That's, is covered um, four plus ten hours yes okay so i'm going to ask a very personal question with lagos heat and you sweating under your yeah. scarf and your you know doesn't that hair just get to smell no it doesn't because i get to remove it the scarf okay. later at night and then it's open and then for me i get to wash my locks every other like week Okay. No, let's say like 14 days at most, I get to wash my hair. Mm -hmm. Or even at times, maybe twice in a week. Reasons that I will explain later. So, you okay. Know. Okay. Okay. Um, maybe my next question will actually address that. So, I do know that uh, a good practicing Muslim is required to pay, pray five times a day. Yeah. And Prayer involves something called ablution, where you use water to wash certain parts of your body. And yes, wow, I'm actually feel I feel so good at this because I'm 
I feel I'm on point and I didn't even do that much research. My 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 knowledge of Islam is really good. And parts of the body that you get to put water on includes your hair. So yes. having locks for the past three years and uh, do you do you feel like putting water on not on your hair not just every day but five times a day how do you manage that do you ruin your styles does it feel uncomfortable what's that experience like well you're not exactly pouring water on your hair you're just going to dump your um wipe the water on your palms and then just wipe it over your head put your hands under the tap and then wipe over your head so you're not exactly pouring water so by the time you even put your scarf the the water the scarf would absorb the water that is on your hair already so it's not you're not putting water you're just wiping wet hands or palms over your hair okay um now i think um the question i want to ask is really about how um at first i was going to title this particular podcast locks and religion because i personally felt that it's affect locks affected more of the islam world more than christianity but in our last recorded podcast i actually realized that um the lady who who interviewed mrs um tola um a christian actually had no more issues about locks and christianity so that was what prompted me to say, oh, wow, there's all, a whole conversation to have there. So I would say, did you ever struggle with locking your hair being perceived as a sin in Islam? No. No, it's not. No, never. Okay. You find most Muslims, even people that cover their hair every day, mm-hmm. the very, very Islamic ones that cover their hair, all, be cover their body all the way, you'll find out that most of them have locks on their head so mm-hmm. it's not a problem actually as long as you're not putting attachments on your hair as a muslim it's fine mm-hmm. and locks is not a part of um attachments or extra hair or you know okay can you tell us a bit of those things that would be perceived sinful um for an islamic woman if they had it on their on their hair is um does can you come again um so the question is you know, you said as long as you're not putting attachments on your hair, yes, it's not a yes. sin. So I didn't realize yeah. that that could be perceived as um, sinful because you, from from a perspective of Islam, so I would have rather thought that maybe matting your hair, since it's frowned at in in um, society, might actually be perceived more sinful than putting attachments. So I just wanted to learn a few more things that will be perceived as sinful if you did it as a Muslim woman on your hair? Number one is um, um, attachments. And the reason is, if you want to make ablution and you have attachments on your hair, you'll be putting water on the attachments, not your hair. So it doesn't make your ablution valid. And if you don't have valid ablution, your prayer is not valid. Second mm-hmm. is dyeing of your hair. If originally your hair is yellow, for example, you can't dye your hair as a Muslim woman or man into yellow again. You can dye to any other color, black, green, blue is allowed. I'm sure you've seen a lot of Arab men with their um, beard dyed and their hair. As long as your original color God has created you in is 
black. You cannot dye your hair black, but you can dye any other color. Mm. That's I don't really understand. I've not um, found time to like read deeply into that, but I know that is the um, that's the ruling concerning that part of dyeing your hair. You can dye your hair to any other color, but not the original color. Interesting. Very interesting information that you have given us there. Okay, so, um, yes, you've given us some insights on what it's like. Um, to be honest with you, when the Muslim women patronage said to increase at Lockheed, I was, like, surprised. I was like, oh, my God. Like, seriously. I can almost tell you the reason for that. <laughs> okay, please do. Go ahead. Okay, the reason for that is um, when a man and a woman mm-hmm. make love you're supposed to have a particular in islam there are three types of um bath you have um the one you have a special or spiritual bath that's one after sex there's one when the person dies and the third one is uh, i've forgotten but um why um you have a lot of muslims with um locked is because for a married woman when you have sex you're supposed to have a special bath and that bath okay the third one is when after your period yes after your period so after sex you're supposed to have a certain bath and which um, requires you to pour water on your hair so imagine that i have a um, what's it called sex Um, three times a day sorry so if you're having sex three times a day you're going to have this bath three times a day god bless you yes that's why i say i get to wash my hair frequently because if i have sex today and i pour water on my hair and i dry it i'm going to have to wash it eventually anyway interesting so. i didn't know abdulaziz was getting it like every five seconds okay all right i didn't see that one coming there Wow. Yeah, so you get to, so for a Muslim woman, imagine me having dada and mm. then I pour water on my all I have to do is like dry it and I move on. Mm. Or I just pack it. If I'm not able to dry it, by the time I come back I can just free the hair, it dries up. So you can't compare that to having million braids or having attachments or you have, you know, it's easier mm. Mm. to maintain mm. if you have that kind of lifestyle that makes that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense so let us pick a little bit to maintenance of your locks um so for you um i'm already beginning to sense that locks is definitely uh much easier. the answer i've been looking for all my right. life <laughs> <laughs> okay so what does maintaining your hair seem like um besides showering like five times a day and when you do shower five times a day, how do you keep it moving? What's your routine after that? I, apart from washing my hair every other like week, mm-hmm. I enjoy oiling my hair again because I don't know. I just feel like there is this hair product you sell. I'm, am I supposed to do that? Yeah, it's, it's fine. That. This is lucky to podcast. Okay, there's this hair product. Yeah, there's this hair product. You sell is the minty minty bust, locketed minty bust. Yes, exactly. Coming so I, because I like the smell. <laughs> okay. Because I like the smell so much, I get to oil my hair with it like maybe twice a week or maybe like every five days, and you know, 
mm-hmm. then I get to wash or I go, I, but I go to the salon. I try to go to the salon like once a month. Okay. But, you know, Lagos can be difficult. So sometimes at least once in like seven to eight weeks, okay. I visit the salon to relock my hair. So you basically wash your hair yourself and you use oils and then you are fine. Yes. For the most part. Yes, and then dry. Yes. And dry. And then you find that um, um, convenient. Okay, so now um, I'm just pondering. Um, Is luck something, would you say luck is something that is familiar? Because I'm sensing how your locks reflect on your relationships in terms of a married couple especially when it comes to islam so there's a lot of interaction with how your hair plays and how you are intimate with your partner so would you say it's familiar for an islamic man to know that men many of this islam islamic women will have locked hair and this is not even a conversation and the reason why i bring up this question let me put give it more more flesh is that um, for me, who doesn't practice Islam, when people see, I'm, I, ha- I have my hair open. When I said my locks especially, I would get a, on your wedding day, what hairstyle would you wear? What if your husband doesn't like it? You know, my, my, the first time I said my locks, my hairdresser, um, he used to be called Nice. Henry, that's his name. Henry told me, ah, you're never going to find a husband with this hairstyle. So, so there's all that perception that guys don't like it. You're going to be making yourself a little bit more unattractive if you get this hairstyle. That's my own experience towards um, um, male suitors and the hair. And I've even had, you know, um, um, ex's parents tell you things like, you have to cut this hair because it's not befitting. So in, in the Islamic world, is it perceived differently is there, is there a conversation around it? Are men even aware that this is a thing? If your wife tells you, you would know, but I don't think is a big deal as such. There's no... On the contrary, I think there's a lot you can do with your dada. So, because you can... Um, you can style it however you like. For me, it gives me different looks. Although I do the same style, but when I take out my hair... I can't, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm saying that. I don't that think so. Does, okay. Did, did Abdulaziz ever have any input or. Oh, no, no, at all. He likes it, actually. Okay. And then, okay, no, don't worry. You know the story already. He likes it. No, so. but please tell us the story. Tell us the story. That's no, the story I, I, I want I, to I hear. I told you before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told you before when I said um, for like one year. I've had Dada for like one year. He didn't notice. <laughs> then all of a sudden, when he was growing up, growing, he now came to me and said, ah, you look like, uh, what's the name of this footballer with Dada did? Um, <laughs> it will be. Like, you look like it will be sort of. But he still didn't realize it was Dada. That's him. He doesn't really look like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't see a problem with it. He likes it. Now that he's a bit long, anytime I go to lock it in and then I come back and I open my like, oh, okay, you made your hair today is nice, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And um, now I, I do know your mom very well and I know that she's a no-nonsense woman. At what point did yeah. she realize what you were trying to do to your hair and what was her reaction? I told her from day one. As a matter of fact, she wanted it as well. It's just that she, she has never come around to say, okay, come and take me to the salon or something. It's something she wants, actually. Wow. So... Because it's convenient. Do you understand? Mm. As Muslims, it's very, inco- it's very convenient. So, 
Okay. She likes it. She wants it. All right. So that means that you are actually having a blast. It almost seems that the Muslim woman is the person that has the least negative stereotype about locks. People don't get to see your hair and judge you. So they don't get to reflect their own perceptions on you. Um, From what you are telling us, your personal story, your husband likes it. Your mother has no problem with it. It almost seems like the answer to get rid of the stereotype is just to become a Muslim woman. (laughs) Although in Islam, I think there are about two school of thoughts concerning having um, locks on your head. And the first one was what prevented me from having it a long time ago, where there is this um, hadith or saying in Islam where they say things like, um, if you... If you behave like them, then you're one of them. There's this mm-hmm. saying, I don't know whether it's in the Quran or the Hadith, but that's what it says. If you behave like them, then you're one of them. So I think in um, m- uh, many years ago, we had Rastafarians. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, them. it's Rastafarian. Yeah, we have them. Yeah, okay. Well, I think the way they used to have their own um, dada then was um, they never really used to wash their hair. They never really used to do. The thing was just there. And then it would form exactly naturally Mm -hmm. so it was being i think yes and then so it was associated with being dirty Mm -hmm. so there are two school of thoughts in islam that say okay you're not supposed to have it because these people used to have it Mm. but the style and manner in which um we achieve um that now is not it's not being dirty, do you understand? Because mm-hmm. some people believe it's being dirty. So some Muslims will say, no, it is wrong in Islam. You're not supposed to have it. But sometimes when they give you this um, information, you're supposed to read more, ask questions, and then do your thing. Okay. So, okay, so you did your own Some people believe you're not supposed to have it. Yes, I asked questions. Research. Yes, I asked questions. And so I'm not, um, I don't think it's wrong. Okay, okay. All right, and in the last three years of having locked hair, how has that made you feel personally? What does your hair do for you? I'm free. It feels like freedom. If I tell you how much I love my hair, I think I must have told you this before that I'll wake up one morning and I'll be like, I'll feel like telling you, oh, in fact, I love my hair, or, you know, I take pictures of my hair a lot. If you go through my phone, you'll see different stages. That's what I've been doing for a very long time. After maybe going to the salon, I'll come home, I'll take my picture, I'll be like, um, um, after this is after like um, 12 weeks, these are 22 weeks, like pregnancy sort of. So <laughs> I have the entire process of my, of the growth of my hair on my phone. So, you know. Okay. Have I answered your question? Oh, yes, you have answered my question. You've done more than answered okay. my question. I think you have shed a lot of light on what it's like to have locks as, an, um, as a Muslim woman. And a little bit about what the restrictions are, who gets to see your hair, how family perceives your hair. Um, and um, just out of curiosity, have you ever, because for most of us, we carry our locks openly and we usually have negative experiences um i'll tell you one 
I think I haven't mentioned that on this podcast. I'm trying not to repeat the stories I have with other um, um, guests on the podcast so that I don't have just the same stories over and over again. But when I started my locks, I used to work at ACCL, which is an architectural firm. And um, my hair was spiky and I refused to braid it or wear a wig and I would just get to work. And um, my colleague Chidioke used to call me terrible West, you know. So, so this would be us like sitting down, working in the office and they'd be like, Terrible West, let me put on the printer. You know, that used to be very, for those who may not know, Terrible West used to be a popular Nigerian footballer, footballer. who had lot. Uh-huh, yeah. Dada. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I like that you've been calling it Dada, actually. I really do like that. And we, we, I'll get to that. But the question I was going to ask, has anyone had anything ever negative um, towards your said anything negative towards your locks or your hair have you had any negative experience no they just usually keep quiet maybe i meet somebody or we're talking and i just say oh by the way i have that that you're like eh, really you just keep quiet no mm. comments do you understand so i sense that those are the kind of people that probably would have had a problem with it mm. if i was opening my hair but they would just not make any comments. They would just be like, oh, really? With one stupid face expression. Mm. Official expression, yeah. <laughs> well, I must also say that you are not a very nice person. You're usually mean. So maybe just people are afraid that you're going to beat them up. <laughs> that is why they keep quiet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yes, there was something you brought up. I was going to say, yes, throughout this conversation, you know, you have, I feel Dada is the official Nigerian name for locks. I do know that the people in the North refer to locks as Dada, um, down in the Southwest, Yoruba speaking people refer to it as Dada. And I'm not very sure about the East Eastern part of Nigeria, but when you say Dada, you usually know that you're referring to somebody who has locks. Um, some people find it derogatory, some people don't. Um, but throughout this conversation, you've referred to your hair as Dada. What does that mean to you? For me, it's easier to pronounce. Yoruba is easier for me to speak than English. So Dada is Dada. <laughs> okay. All right. That, 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 that's fair enough. That's fair okay. enough. Yeah, I do like the term dada as well, but sometimes you know that um, some kids who have had dada usually related to the um, uh, Celestial Church of Christ. Exactly. And so some yeah. people feel like there's something special, awkward about them. So when you say, ah, dada, I'm like, no, I'm not dada, I'm not dada, I just have, you know, locks or dreadlocks. I think that would be an interesting conversation to have. Like, um, I know I've written about it a few times, um, but it would be a more interesting future episode to explore, you know, locks, dada, dreadlocks, what to call your hair and what is the meaning. Yeah. So um, this conversation has actually gone by very quickly and you have very eloquently shared your thoughts on on um, locks and the islam world and what it means for an islamic woman i'm afraid i was thinking i would even have so many more questions to stab you with but <laughs> but you have done pretty well so far um i have one more question and um i think we'll wrap it up from there my last question to you is what advice do you have 
for other women or in Islam or men in Islam? Maybe I have two more questions before you give us advice. Do men in Islam keep locks? Is it allowed for a man? Do you know? No, 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 you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to. Just like the way um, a man is not supposed to grow his hair. But they can grow their beard, though. Yeah, you know, you, you know, you, you cannot, you cannot. I think the word is no. Wait, you're not supposed to behave like a man, and a man is not supposed to behave like a woman. So mm. women are not supposed to wear pants, that's trousers, like men in Islam. So men also are not supposed to braid their hair or make their hair like women. Mm. Do you understand? You're not supposed to behave like a, you know, so. And um, braiding your hair or making your hair is associated with women. So you're not supposed to be like, so men are not supposed to in Islam. Mm. That is interesting. Um, I'm realizing I have even more questions. So let me, let me ask this. The, we have been westernized. You know, it is interesting when we are African and we know exactly where we're from. We have a feeling that we know who we are. But meanwhile, a lot of the things that we do, even up to the food that we eat, has become very westernized. So to speak to the fact that Christianity and Islam are adopted religions from the West. I don't know if you agree with that. I, I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, what, I was, what I was alluding to is the fact that... Um, as adopted religions, it's interesting to oh. know what exactly, which is a different conversation altogether, what exactly oh. our own beliefs were pre-colonialism, pre-Western um, um, religion and all of that. But, well, let me just go straight to my last question and ask, um, what advice do you have to other Muslim women, since we do know now that Muslim men, would it would be inappropriate for them to decide to what? keep their hair? Go on. Can I come again? Now I'm saying, what what advice do you have to other Muslim women who are considering locks and are struggling with the decision? Go for it. You won't regret it. Mm. And when you have sex ten times a day, you can shower. Day, very you easy. can just you know pour the water and go out. You don't need to do anything to the hair again. <laughs> Okay, I think that has been the funnest part of this this conversation. I'm hoping I'm not going to have to mark this episode as explicit. I think we've been we've been decent so far. So, um, Shola, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. It means a lot to me, and I think we I have learned one or two things, and I do hope that this conversation is useful for somebody out there. Thank you so much, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you very much, Adi. All right. Then. It was nice chatting with you. Yeah. As always, we'll continue our gossip later. <laughs> All, right, All right. That was an interesting episode. I hope you found it as entertaining, educative, and informative as I did about locks and Islam. In our next episode, we would be exploring locks in relation to kids. And um, we're going to have an actual six-year-old on the episode. It's going to be fun. Are you thinking about locking your kid's hair? Or do you actually ever wonder what it's like for a child to navigate the polarized world we live in having locks? Then this episode is one that you definitely want to listen to. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Talking Locks podcast with Lockity. It has been such a pleasure being your host. 
My name again is Adi Balugun, and thanks to our producer, Savage Media. Please don't forget to follow us on social media. We are at Locitude, L-O-C-I-T-U-D-E, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And for more interesting podcast episodes on Everyday People with Locks, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We are currently on Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify podcast. You can also find us on YouTube. And don't forget to keep it locked with an attitude. Bye.